Quarter Notions is brought to you by FaceFace Games, Canada's number one source for magic singles and products. Check us out at facefacegames.com. No, like, seriously, I had a, someone came up to me asking, to ask me a question. They're like, I have a question for you. And I was like, okay, sure. They're like, well, like, since you're like a professional magic player, and I was like, well, well, what? Hello, good evening, and welcome to episode 56 of Horde of Notions. I'm your host, Chris. With me tonight, just two of the regular hosts. First of all, we have Will. Howdy. And we have Travis. I hope everyone is surviving the hurricane. It's not here. Did you hear the breaking news about that? No, I did not. Uh, Mitt Romney took to Twitter to blast President Obama for waiting 14 days before he called the hurricane a terrorist hurricane. Terrible. No wonder they're not negotiating with it. <laughs> Adina will be joining us later. She is in the middle of Philadelphia. Well, she might not be in the middle of Philadelphia, but she's in Philadelphia, so she's probably fighting Sandy as we speak. Who names That's a hurricane Sandy? Grace really, you want, like, who? Seriously, who on earth is like, oh my god, we should fear for Hurricane Sandy? So here's what they do with hurricanes. No, I, I, I realize what they do, but like, really, Sandy? You can, you can come up with, like, Shaniqua? Like, that sounds much scarier as a hurricane. Do you really want to go down that road? Hey, I saw it on Twitter. I thought it was funny. Okay. Also, this picture of a shark in someone's yard, there's water. Like, the shark's swimming. It's not like there's, like, no water around and there's a shark. How many sharks have you had in your front yard, Well, Well, I don't think there's sharks around here. here Except yet. for that time Medina came to visit. Oh. Was Medina in Montreal? I don't know if he's allowed over the border. Oh, well, be nice. Do Canadians fear sharks, or is it just one of those mythical beasts like a unicorn? No, not really. We don't fear anything. Everyone, we have polar everything bears. and everyone loves us. Yeah, and also polar bears. Like sharks, sharks aren't messing with us because then we'll put our polar bears on them. Remember that game that we play with the cards? Dungeons and Dragons. That didn't have cards. Jokerummy. What? What has cards? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. It's a card game. Uh, game day was this weekend for Return to Ravnica. Travis was unable to attend, but Will and I both went. And Will apparently went to one made out of marshmallows. <laughs> the and feathered. The, the exceptionally fluffy kind. <laughs> Perhaps you would like to tell us, Will. What deck did you play, first of all? I played Reanimator. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, calm down. There was some changes that were made to it. It was. It, it started off as a net deck, then it... For uh, provincials, it was slightly less net decky, and now it's slightly less net deckier. Yeah, those are words. But yeah, so I played uh, four colors. The color not being played blue, obviously. Uh, Reanimator. So you played all the colors, but the good one. Yeah, pretty much. Windsor System Saver Two Pellets. You got to get the good one. So yes, it was a um, it was a relatively non-competitive field. <laughs> and you went 4-0-1, I understand. I went 4-0-1, and uh, ours did not have a cut to the top four or the top eight. It was just uh, standings after Swiss. So huh. since uh, the person that I drew with also went undefeated, but I kept on getting uh, paired up, whereas he was always paired down. 
my tiebreakers were better, so I came in first. Sweet. It is. So you rule you yourself in the first place, huh? Because <laughs> I got this really nice playmat, so that was pretty cool. Grr. Yes, there are, there are certain... Uh, there are certain, say, very non-competitive decks that uh, were present at the tournament. Like what? Uh, there was a mono-black infect deck, but without any of the good cards. Um, also not uh, legal, but okay. regardless. <laughs> so you sat down and won? <laughs> no, I wasn't playing against them. It, it was very non-competitive. Uh, I saw someone who played an Angelic Destiny which, again, still not legal. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so basically, you should have just showed up with, like, actual reanimator, like reanimate and Eldrazi <laughs> and things like that. Well, I mean, like, there, there's a certain limit, you know, that you can push it. But, you know, uh, I the other thing is normally I would have gone to say something that was slightly more competitive, uh, especially since that day, face-to-face uh, -face games, had two of them that were running, but it was uh, my mom's birthday, so we were having a birthday dinner, and thus I kind of needed something that ended earlier, so I went with that. So you sharked the field of noobs. Uh, well, actually, what's funny is that there's two guys there that I knew that from like I, from other events who basically they were extremely shocked when I show up showed up because their goal was to shark as well. So they were they were actually not very happy with me showing up. <laughs> Sounds like I could have gone there and gone six zero. Uh, there were only five rounds, so you know, calm down. Yeah, I, I still could have gone six zero. <laughs> uh, what were some of the other well, funny? It depends on whose deck you were playing, Chris. Mine, duh. Oh, actually, Chris, you'll be happy. There was uh, there was one player, a person who was playing at the enchantment deck with yeah, yeah. spheres and whatnot. There, uh -huh. that, that deck also had uh, cards that were illegal in it, though. Uh, let me guess, Mesa Enchantress? That would be the one. Because <laughs> uh, let's that face it. it. much better. <laughs> yeah, if that card was legal, that deck might actually be even better than it sounds now. <laughs> but see, what was surprising was I didn't see any of, like, the obviously not legal cards. Like, it was just, like, stuff like Mesa Enchantress. Well, I mean, Angelic Destiny, I guess, is, like, one of them. But, like, no one was playing Titans or, like, a Solemn. So you're saying they know how to cheat, but they don't know how to cheat well. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, the other day, there was a there was a empires deck the, uh, oh, the throne of empires scepter of empires and um, gauntlet glove I think it's like a hand thing of empires no crown throne and scepter oh, that was close enough <laughs> yeah there was that deck as well so uh, I actually faced off against real decks uh, round one I played against I uh, Grixis control deck and That's real deck well I mean like relatively real deck. <laughs> And uh, he seemed to not comprehend that he could overload Cyclonic Rift. Oh, jeez. He kept on just, like, I, I had, I, I was up to, like, 10 mana, and I was just able to cast Angel Serenity and cast Crystal Brand, and he just kept on bouncing one of them while I beat with the other one. And not, like, during, you know, like, say, end of turn or some, like, weird combat trick, like, main phase. Like, oh, bounce it during your main phase, like replay it. He's like, okay. So that was also kind of weird. So I, so I played that. Uh, round two was the turn, was uh, the one that I got draw. I was playing against uh, straight blue-white control and uh, game one he beat me because I kept a really awful hand. 
Uh, game two, I went turn three off a of Death Rate Shaman, uh, Slaughter Games. As it turns out, going turn one, Death Rate Shaman, turn two, Grizzly Salvage, turn three, something, uh, is pretty good. Yes, it is. So I went Slaughter Games naming Jace. And Seems like I've mentioned that before sometime. And he was not very happy. And he tried to syncopate it, and I was like, it can't be counter. So he's like, oh, well, okay then. And he wasn't very happy because he had two Jaces in hand. And then I went through his deck, and I found out that his only win condition was uh, Entreat the Angels. So on the next turn, I Slaughter Games to him again, which he again tried to syncopate, which, again, I had to explain to him it doesn't work. And then I <laughs> named Entreat the Angels. So he had zero win conditions, and he, but he wouldn't scoop. So I actually, he like kept on countering my spells, and I just beat him with the Deathrite Shaman. And unfortunately, game three, he was kind of really slow playing it, and it went to time. And even though I had three Thrag Tusks on board, and he basically had zero ways to deal with it, he was like, so it's a draw? And I was like, I had on board presence, and he's like, yeah, it's a draw. <laughs> I was like, fine. So that was unfortunate. Uh, rounds three and four, I played against zombies. Uh, one, uh, Rakdos zombies, and the other one, Demir zombies. Uh-huh. Demir zombies? With, like, Diagraph Captain. Uh-huh. So, uh, the Rakdos was actually slightly challenging, and then the Demir was not, because turn one, it was nothing, turn two, it was nothing, turn three, it was, like, Blood Artist. So I was like, what kind of hands are you keeping? She's like, well, I was playing against a girl. And she was like, well, you know, like, I wanted to keep something that, like, if you, like, played your angel, then you couldn't get rid of everything, and I could play stuff. And I was like, the angel costs seven. You're actually supposed to play out zombies. <laughs> so that was interesting. And then the last round, which I played against the undefeated player in the room, was he was playing uh, Slesnia Agro, and it was actually a difficult not in the sense that, like, it was, say, very competitive, but that uh, both sideboarded games, he went turn one, Dryad Militant, turn two, um, Rest in Peace. So I was actually forced to play my deck. Good fair magic, yeah. yeah. No unfair like, magic for you. No. So, yeah, so, like, turn uh, game one, he, he basically ruffles not me because he went... What do you go? He went turn two, Smiter, off uh, a Pilgrim, then turn three, a Johnny, giving it double strike with a Rancor. I was like, take 12. And then turn four, he had another Rancor. So I was like, yep, I lose. <laughs> but yeah, so I was able to beat turn two, rest in peace in two games. That's just skill. That's all that is. I suppose. I, w- I wouldn't go as far as that. Oh, don't be modest. <laughs> they yeah. never had a chance. So as it turns out, it was actually, I mean, the tournament went rather well for me, and I won a nice playmat ma- play and a foil Cripborn Horror, which is not so nice. Yeah, uh, somebody was telling me that the um, Dryad Militant is actually worth more than the Cripborn Horror. The what? I believe it. The Dryad Militant promo that we got? Oh, I believe that. I have, like, it's 13 uh, Cripborn Horrors, and, like, I think I have a playset and a half of Dryad Militants. Yeah. I mean, it's also playable, right? Like, hate bears are decently good. Yeah, I think actually they both are playable. Although, obviously, you know, going 401 and getting a nice, super nice playmat is uh, pretty cool. There was also, um, the store had a very interesting concept of how uh, it worked for its stock. 
I don't know if either of you have ever seen this, but it didn't actually have any cards in stock, like the store personally. Instead, what it did is it has kind of its regular players that it sells their cards in the store, and it takes a cut of them. Wow. That seems, uh, uh, yeah, that seems awful. So, and what, well, the way it works is that the players essentially set the prices they want for the cards. So it basically sells them on consignment. Yeah. And as it so happens, uh, I was able to pick up two foil thrag tusks for $40 tax in. That's, That's pretty, pretty good, yeah. Yeah, well, I, like, I thought they were just regular thrag tusks, and I was like, oh, but like, the way he marks it is there's like a little F on like the tag that he puts on the sleeve. So I was like, are those like actual foil thrag tusks? He's like, why? And I'm just thinking in my head, I was like, so like my first thought was basically like, I, I, I don't really understand what the pricing is. So pull up the phone, check on uh, face-to-face games. And sure enough, on face, they're 40 bucks. And uh, they're sold out, but they're still 40 bucks. And I was like, yeah, thrag tusks didn't drop. So sure enough, I asked him and he's like, yeah, they're foil thrag tusks. And I was like, I'll take them both. He's like, oh, sure. He's like, oh, okay, then fine. Like as though everything was normal. And yeah, I got those for uh, 40 bucks. And then I picked up a bunch of playable commons, uncommons, like some spell pierces and whatnot, for 10 cents and 25 cents. <laughs> so, so basically, it was a buy one, get one free for you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so next time I'm in Montreal, you're taking me to this store, right? Uh, there's nothing left. Trust me. It's like, because I mean, most of it, right? I was going through these binders, and most of it's like cards. Uh, like someone, someone actually put up their uh, the foil Cryptborn horror that they got like right after. They're like, oh, I think this is worth like seven bucks. And so like they were selling it for seven. So there's a lot of stuff that's actually overpriced. But the other thing that was interesting was that uh, I was just kind of randomly going through, and there was a slaughter game that was on, though it's like for sale for fifty cents. So I was like, oh well, I only have one, so I need to pick one up. So I was like, all right, sure, like, I'll pick this up. And, like, there's this guy who's, like, standing next to me. He's like, oh, you want Slaughter Games, right? I was like, well, I'm picking this all up for 50 cents. I really only need one. He's like, well, I have two for sale, right? But in his binder, they're a dollar. But he's like, I'll drop it down to 25 cents if you buy both. Or if you buy all three. <laughs> it's 75 cents. And I was just like, because um, I was like, well, he can't really do this in the store. And I was like, no, they, they, set, the own pri- they set their own prices. So I was like, okay, sure, I'll buy it. And then... um uh, increasing vengeance, the uh, the fork from uh, yeah. Ascension. Uh, I think they were like listed at two bucks, so I was kind of like going through. And he's like, "Oh, if there's anything else that you're interested in," I was like, "Oh, well, I mean, I'm probably looking for like increasing vengeance, but like I'm willing to trade you for it because he had a binder as well, although it didn't mm. have very much stuff in it." And someone next to him's like, "I'll sell it to you for a dollar," and then someone else is like, "I'll sell it to you for fifty cents," and finally that like, guy's like a quarter as well. So what the heck? It's like this seems very, very like sketchy. I mean, like, admittedly, it's a smaller town than usual, but like, one, there is no way anyone is ever allowed to sell magic cards anywhere that I've ever played. And two, I was just like, hey, good deals all around. That's insane. So yeah, uh, none of them would budge on prices of Jace's though. Those forty-five <laughs> bucks. I was like, oh, Jason, and he had like a, there was like a pile of like, I think 12 of them in the showcase, and I was just like, yeah, how much, like, do you guys have Jason's? They're like, those are 45, and the guy next to him's like, it's 45. I was like, okay, so no deal on Jason's. $20 foil drag desks, yes, but no deal on Jason's. 
Yeah, see, that's the nice thing about living in a really, really small rural area is that the stores really don't care. Like, I went to a store looking for some singles, and they said, hey, that guy's got some stuff for trade, or, you know, maybe he'll just take cash for it if you don't have anything to trade. And totally were fine with me walking up to, you know, another guy that plays at that store and making a deal with him for, you know, cash or cards or whatever. Like, they didn't care. Okay, but, like, this store, because I've never seen a store that, I mean, I've seen a store that, like, doesn't really have stock and only has sealed product, but, like, in their showcase, it was all stuff that people wanted. And, like, the guy told me, he's like, yeah, if you have anything that you want to sell, like, you can essentially, the minimum is you have to, I think, submit, like, 20 cards for, like, that would be your showcase binder, but then you can just set the prices for them. And I was like, yeah, okay, that's kind of odd, but thanks. (laughs) So the bottom line is you won game day and you have a swag playmat that's not as swag as the Horde of Notions playmat. Uh, yes. Or as swag as the squirrel playmat. Yeah, I still can't believe that thing is, as, like, you trade a, you traded a bayou for it and the guy who got the bayou got screwed up. <laughs> I traded a max played bayou, yes. It was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, they were, I, I think they were $70 at the GP. Even a near mint bayou, like, Pittsburgh? Or, Philly? Philly. Sorry? Or, like, at Lincoln. Well, no, the the scroll one was from Columbus, I think. No, it was from Lincoln. Hmm. Columbus was the uh, platypus. I thought thought Lincoln was the one with, like, the goblins that were fighting. Lincoln was the squirrels. Columbus was the platypus eggs being stolen by goblins. Oh, okay. I picked up my squirrel playmat in Columbus. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, and the Philly one was the Adventure Time one with the three-headed chicken fighting off the barnyard animals. The, the yeah, Philly playmat was, 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 was pretty, pretty incredible, <laughs> I have to say. And the playmat that they had for GP Montreal last year was awful. Yeah, it was. I haven't seen the Toronto one yet, so I don't know what that's going to be like. I don't think they've released, like, I don't think, even think they've released the location of GP Toronto. Uh, they have if you go to the event website. Is there an event website? There is. More on that later in the show. I don't know. Yeah, the, the, so, the Philly playmat was actually the same artist that did uh, Parallel Lives, so I got all my Parallel Lives signed, and I also got the playmat signed. He was there, so it was pretty awesome. So you're selling your playmat? you probably get like a fortune for it right now. Uh, no, I'm not selling it, but thanks for the offer. I wasn't going to offer to buy it. <laughs> no, I mean the offer to, you know, have me announce that it was for sale to all of our listeners, but it's not. So. Uh, Chris is trying to pimp out your playmat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks for for offering to pimp it out, but uh, yeah. trying to help. See, I still use the I use the GP Toronto the Skitherix one. I didn't. I just like pile up other playmats. There's not like a rotation. I don't know about you guys. I use the squirrel playmat and then a blank playmat. Oh, okay. No, see, I have I, a Liliana playmat that I that I use. It's the 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 Innistrad art, the one that's not actually on a card, but the art advertising for the set. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the one I have. See, so, yeah, I like my Skither Explainite because if I'm like show up at the table and the guy that I'm or girl that I'm saying you get playing against seems kind of like in a bad mood or whatnot, what I always do to always get the smile is I throw it on the ground or I throw it on like the table and then like look at them and like attack you for four poison and that always <laughs> get a chuckle of sorts. So I was like, hey, by the way, I'm William. Stop being miserable. We're playing magic. It's fun. 
Christopher Lansdale, you played at a game day, as I hear. Actually, I hear you played at two game days. I hear you actually but, did pretty well at one. I did pretty well at both, actually. Yeah, so I played on one on Saturday and one on Sunday. Uh, Saturday, I normally for game day, I actually take decks that I think are good instead of just having fun and trying to get achievements because I want people to remember every now and then that I am actually good at magic and not just some dirtle who likes to build crazy decks. Well, if you want people to tell you you're good at magic, you should have showed up where I was. <laughs> I had, you would have been worshipped. <laughs> no, like, seriously, I had a, someone came up to me ask, to ask me a question. They're like, I have a question for you. And I was like, okay, sure. They're like, well, like, since you're like a professional magic player. And I was <laughs> like, whoa, whoa. What? They're like, no, no, there's no reason to be modest. I was like, dude, like, I'm not a professional magic player. Like, I just showed up because I had to pick up something at work, and this was nearby. Plus, I had needed a smaller tournament that was go much quicker. They're like, okay. But, like, as a professional magic player, what do you think of this card choice? And I was just like, oh, wow. This is, this is just very interesting. That's it, Will. You've arrived. You're at the top of the mountain. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, who who needs a pro tour? Just go and win game day. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, that's crazy. No, so I played Saturday. I took uh, Esper Spirits, which isn't really a deck right now, but I, it probably should be. Do you play Taran's Invocation in that? Is it? Does it make spirits? Uh, well, it makes tokens. Yes, but I don't. Okay. No, because it was basically the uh, the Finkel deck that he took to the top eight at Pro Tour Dark Ascension. All right. But the dungeon guys were in the board, although I think they were in his deck too. Obviously, he didn't have Mana Leak. Uh, I didn't play Thought Scour because I hate it. I took out the main deck, like Revoke Existence and stuff, because it's rotated. Well, not at the, the tournament I played at. <laughs> <laughs> so I took... Uh, it had two Cackling Counterpart, uh, two... or one Swift Justice, rather... And two Dramatic Rescue were the Lands Dirtle type cards in the deck. Otherwise, I had three Geysers in Trap, four Drogskull Captain, four Lingering Souls, three Midnight Haunting, three Augur of Bolas, uh, four Intangible Virtue, uh, four Azurius Charm, uh, four Inaction Injunction, which worked really well in the deck. And it Is it a bad sign when I had to look up some of these cards? <laughs> <laughs> the deck just worked really well. Like It, it basically had cheap... Tempo type cards that were also cantrips or did or had other effects, and I had uh, the, the quick enough beat down to be able to win the game against control in a hurry, or if I wanted to, I could take a slower route and just try to ground them out. Cackling counterpart was the uh, card that gave me the most blowouts all day. Like against Jund, the guy tried to he had Olivia and stupid amounts of mana on the table. Olivia, so he the tried of the veil. No, Olivia, not Liliana. Oh, my bad. And I had Jogsaw Captain. She had the third leg, Will. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Anyway, I had Drogskull Captain and six spirits on the table. So he tried to Searing Spear the Drogskull Captain at the end of turn, and then he was going to untap and basically pick off all my tokens. Right. So in response, I Cackling Counterpart my Captain. Do you have to so make, when you do that? No, actually, you don't. Although you're not the first person to ask me that. I usually cackle. Well, I, I don't have a cackling counterpart, but I do have a Rectos Cackler, and I always cackle when I play that. This does not surprise me. 
Maybe if I cackling counter about Arachno's cackler, I would cackle. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that is a whole lot of cackle. <laughs> That's a gaggle of cackle. <laughs> uh, maybe I should fill in the gaps with some spackle. Uh-huh. Are we going to have to get you shackled? <laughs> anyway, so that was uh, that was one blur. The other one was against uh, in the top four against the guy playing the red, white, blue mid range deck. He tried to resolve a Tamiya. I negated it. He negated my negate. The only thing I have in play is Augur of Bolas. So I cackling counterpart my Augur of Bolas, reveal the syncopate that was the second card down, syncopate his negate, <laughs> untap, and then... Hmm? I said sweet tech. It, it was actually sweet tech. It, the, the card did some heavy work for me. And then he forgot it had flashback. So I flashed it back on an angel token uh, uh, after combat from the guys to sent trap, which was enough to kill him the next turn. It seems like we should have learned from last standard season that clones can be really good. I still want to play it, with evil twin. Instant speed clones are even funnier, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> Especially when you're playing intangible virtue anyway, and it makes a token copy, so that token copy gets boosted. I mean, drug... Uh, not drug skull, Reva. Um... Olga Bolas already blocks zombies pretty profitably, right? At one three, it blocks all of the one drops. Yeah. But when you when you have a token copy of it with intangible virtue out, it kills all the one drops, and doesn't afraid of anything, and has vigilance just in case you need it. Yeah, I was actually impressed. The uh, there's someone who was running, obviously not with cackling counterpart, but was just running Esperance at a champs, and I was actually pretty impressed with how well it played. Yeah, I mean, the deck's pretty good. It was good before. I mean, you don't play Delver in it now because Delver's just not where you want to be. It just dies to the first Pillar of Flame or Searing Spear that they want to throw at it. No, for sure, but, like, it seems like a much slower deck for some reason. But it also seems, like, from what I've seen, it's also able to just kind of, like, be like, I'm going to pull this game out to this point where it makes it unwinnable for you. Yeah, it can be that way. It can also win very quickly. I mean, if you can go turn three Geist, and then turn four you swing in, they flash in a Snapcaster Mage, you Swift Justice your Geist to avoid dying, and then end of turn you go Midnight Haunting, untap, drop an Intangible Virtue, and just kill them. You Swift Knight Justice your Geist. <laughs> I was only playing a single uh, yeah, No, but that just that phrase, it, it makes me happy. Because of how... Ridiculous it sounds. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that was uh, the Saturday event. I lost in the finals to Red Black Zombies. He um, got the Slaughter Games the turn before I could play my Geist and named Geist. Harsh. So, that card's good. Yeah, yeah it is. Uh, I didn't even bother siding in the Counterspells because he had Caverns and I knew he was going to bring in Slaughter Games, so... Yeah, is this is the first time that one of those uh, cranial extraction type effects is really, really good. I mean, I've even played in the past, but I haven't seen them this good. Oh, yeah. It seems like the, this Slaughter Games is better than those have been in the past. Is it just because of the Encounterable Clause? Or is it just this format is ripe for Slaughter Games? I think it's right. Ripe. Like, there's a lot of decks that it can do some pretty big damage to, right? A lot, like a lot of decks are running four ofs. You know, like all, a lot of their cards are four copies. Or is it that you know some of the decks are just built around certain cards? Like if you uh, if that you take is. out a Thrag Tusk, it really cripples some decks. Or if you take out Jace, it takes out some decks. Or uh, Entreat the Angels. 
is it that we're are we seeing decks that are built more towards one card being super important instead I, of I, synergistic? Like I think I think so. Um, I know. Well, I mean, if you're playing something like say Rakdos Zombies, like you you don't want to see a Thrag Tusk come down. So if you can hit their Thrag Tusk like the turn before, I mean, not only do they not have you know the blocker that they need, but they don't have that life gain. I know for my Reanimator deck, like if I can hit a Jace, or even like if I can hit say. Tamio or some, or not Tamio, but Intruders, one of their, like, removal spells, then it just makes my life a whole lot easier. Because, like, Jace, for example, since Reanimator's slower, Jace gets them a whole lot of card advantage, whereas between Tamio and Entreat, like, it, win conditions slash able to block some of my big threats. So it's just, like, it seems like there's a lot of decks in this format that essentially have four of answers for specific decks, whereas their other cards are kind of mediocre against them, slash not, like, completely ineffective, not completely ineffective, but kind of, like, their game plan, which, their regular game plan, but if you can get, like, that, those, say, four of hate cards, then you're off to a pretty good start. Well, I think what it is, is it's sort of, it's a combination of things, like, too many people cited in Surgical Extraction when they shouldn't have, and Slaughter Games has a couple of bonuses, of course, it doesn't have to be in the graveyard, and it's uncounterable. I think it was brought in initially because of the Miracles decks that had very few win conditions. And with people playing a lot of Jund and a lot of Red Black Zombies, Slaughter Games was the perfect answer to that card. And it, for Zombies, it's also the perfect answer to Thrag Tusk, which otherwise is pretty much unstoppable. I think one of the other things is that all the answers that it hits cost as much, if not more, than it. That's a good point. Like, I mean, when Cranial Extraction was first printed, right, like, you had Affinity that was running rampant. But, like, no one's hitting a Ravager or Cranial Plating with Cranial Extraction. No, they're not even hitting them with Surgical Extraction or, or Extirpate. Well, that's it. So I think it's kind of the first time where there's a format that it's these fatties that can essentially, you know, that you can essentially hit. Plus, there's no counter spells to worry about. Yeah, usually by turn four, they've already played, you know, in the, the aggro decks and the smaller decks. You know, turn four is way too late to be playing it because they've already got it on the battlefield. But when you can take out their five drop with a four drop, you know, that that's why, because this this format kind of rotates around five drop, six drop, seven drop, you know, these expensive spells and creatures. I still think people play it too much. Well, I, I guess the format really is revolving around you're spending your first three or four turns setting up for that big spell, either reanimator uh, drawing and discarding or control just sitting back and getting ready to play Jace or Tamio. So, uh, I'm, it just seems like Slaughter Games is doing a much better job than any of the uh, previous versions of the card. Just a random observation. Yeah, I mean, it, there's no question that it does what it does very well. But I still think people people bring it in too much because the effect can be powerful, but it also could be something else in their deck that could win the game instead of preventing them from, you know, well, not losing it. But, I mean, taking out a Thrag Tusk, for zombies might be correct, but for something like Jund, which does large chunks of damage, that five life isn't really that big of a deal. That's just basically the way I'm looking at it. But I, I was playing uh, FNM. I was playing the Epic Experiment deck, which has a 15-card sideboard plan into sort of a rug mid-range deck. And the guy goes... Um, game one, he didn't have Slaughter Games, obviously. So he goes uh, Epic Experiment when he, when he casts his... Uh, Slaughter Games, and then sees my library and was like, oh, you cited that out. 
So that's a, a big problem against transformational decks anyway. Was that deck as fun as it looked? Uh, it's quite possible that it was actually more fun than it looked. <laughs> so I was right to pick up the cards for it over the weekend. Oh, man. It's, like Mike said in his article, it's missing something. And I can't quite put my finger on what. And the thing is, this is my type of deck. It's my kind of quirky combo. So I think given some time to mess with it, I can probably figure it out. Yeah, I have a question, though. Like, its win condition is um, Devil's Play, right? No, Psychic Spiral. Oh, there's Psychic Spiral in it? I must not have been paying attention. That makes slightly more sense. Yeah, there's not re- you don't really have enough mana to hit a Devil's Play. Well, that's what I was wondering, because I was, like, counting it out, and I was like... So you literally need all your mana to be in play and then Devil's Play them for exactly lethal. My article this week is talking about my experiences with the deck, and I'll talk about why Devil's Play isn't in it in there. Fair enough. And you played in a second game day. Yeah, so then Sunday, having achieved my goal of top top eighting once, I mean, I I would have liked to win, but I, I wanted to just go and have fun and play something that I was thinking of playing for an achievement. So I took a... Just a straight green-black mid-range deck, uh, which basically ran... My starting point was four Thragtas, two Vraska, and everything else just sort of fit in around it. The previous day, one of the newer players was playing a Golgari deck with uh, Corpse Jack Menace, Desecration Demon, Slitherhead, and stuff like that. But some tech he hit on, that he explained to me while he was playing next to me, seemed incredibly powerful. So Desecration Demon is a card that I loved when it was when it came out and Mike Flores was talking about it. And I think we all pretty much agreed it seemed like a powerful card, right? I like it. I think everyone but me agreed that. Okay. I had well, one in my draft deck the other day and it pissed me off more than anything. Oops, I want to play it with a blood artist. That's what I want to do. Well, I mean, I, to, having two of them is pretty good. Having two of them in play is ridiculous. Uh, Reaper of the Abyss goes very well with it, or from the Abyss, rather, goes very well with it as well, because it sets up more, but then you can destroy another creature. Um, I was playing it with Garrick Relentless, which it makes it very difficult for them to keep sacrificing creatures, because you can keep sacrificing Death Touch Wolves to go and get another Desecration Demon. I had Vraska in there, like I said. I had Liliana of the Dark Realms to keep smoothing my mana out. But she also played along with this secret tech. Do you guys remember in Avacyn Restored, there was a black common named Essence Harvest? Yes, I sorted through my cards the other day, and I saw it, and it did. I remember the name, but I don't remember what it does. Okay, so it's black and two for a sorcery. Target opponent, or target player it might be, loses X life, and you gain X life, where X is the highest power among creatures you control. So they're going, sack this, tap down your demon. Sack this, tap down your demon. You're like, screw this, essence harvest you. (laughs) Nice. The other thing that I managed to do with it was have Liliana out, pump her a couple of times, so put her up a couple of times, and then go, minus three Liliana, make my demon 14-14, essence harvest. 14-14? Well, yeah, because I had seven swamps in play. And then they could literally never let my demon untap. And then when I cast Mutilate for 5, or, or for 7 rather, when my demon was an 8-8, eight, eight, to clear their whole board, I won the game. Special? Yeah, the deck was really fun. Uh, I think it needed some changes made to it. I beat... Let me think here. I lost to Green-White Aggro, because in game 1 I got stuck on 2 lands, 
And in game three, I flooded out. I beat... What did I beat? I can't even remember what I beat. Holy cow. Let me have a look at the Planeswalker Points site. That'll tell me. Was it playing actual legal standard cards? Yes, it was unlike your store. They play real magic here. Not my store. <laughs> it was... I saw it. I like It's close to where I work, so on the way home, it's along the way rather than being far, far out of the way. And they have a draft on Wednesday, so I was like, oh, I don't have anything on Wednesdays. I can go. I may not be returning. Ever. So basically, you went there, you crushed them, you took the spoils, and left. <laughs> okay, when he announced, like, first prize, right, so I got the playmat, then he's like, first, William Blondin. Like, there was a standing ovation that lasted more than 15 seconds. <laughs> was like, because you are the professional magic player for that store. <laughs> I mean, like, never mind the fact that, like, you know... I mean, they didn't really have that much stock and say the competition wasn't very good. Like, even if it was, based on that happening, I can't walk back into that store ever again. Did it start with a slow clap? That would be the best. No, it didn't, thankfully. So, starting with the Saturday event, uh, in the very first round, I played the red, white, blue mid-range deck that I lost to, and that I beat in the semifinals. I lost to that in the first round. Then I beat... Uh, an is it deck it was a newish player wasn't uh, terribly challenging then I beat someone playing green white aggro that in all three games went turn one dryad militant let me tell you how much fun that is when you're playing lingering souls and snapcaster mages <laughs> try playing reanimate all the fun was it all the fun Chris actually it was none of the fun Travis but I did have the incredibly sweet play of her going o-ring your drug skull captain O-Ring, your intangible virtue. Uh, O-Ring, your something else. I think it was Augur of Bolas. And I go, that's lovely. Untap Detention Sphere, your O-Rings kill you. <laughs> nice. Uh, that's just mean, Chris. I know. I'm a terrible human being. Are you then sure? Because have... you're talking, you're on the same cast with someone who showed up at a game <laughs> day. <laughs> and basically knew that like there was no competition. So, you know. So then the next round was against Green Black Zombies? Or was it Miracles? No, it was Miracles. That's right. And he didn't uh, didn't get going fast enough. Like, nowhere near fast enough. Couldn't uh, keep up with me. Doesn't he just need a, like, Miracle Terminus? Yeah, but it's, I have Negates and Syncopates in the board. Oh, right. For someone who doesn't like Counterspells, you should play them a lot. I never said I don't like Counterspells. I don't like playing against them. So then the top eight, I had to play against Jund. Uh, who got mana screwed in game three, unfortunately. I played against the Miracles deck again. That's where the epic uh, cackling counterpart, my Bol Augur of Bolas play happened, and then lost to the Zombies in the finals. Then on Sunday, the first round was against Junk uh, Tokens. He had Corpse Jack Menace and Gavany Township, but I killed him before he found White Mana, which was always good. Uh, I lost to the same green-white aggro deck that I beat the day before because I got mana screwed completely. I beat a Deadeye Navigator deck that was incredibly scary. Oh, that's right. This was the interesting game. He far-seeked and then borderland, cast Borderland Ranger on the same turn, and he was shuffling in a hurry and dropped his deck on the floor. In picking it up, he only left one card in hand. Now, we were both pretty sure he had more than one card in his hand before he shuffled his library, 
But of course, there's no way for us to figure out which ones they were and what happened. And he was fairly sure he had a sever in hand. He had just gone to get his black source to cast it, and I had two Desecration Demons on the board, which is what killed him. So it kind of felt nasty, but at the same time, there's not really anything that we could have done about it. And it's not really your fault that he dropped his deck. Well, no, it isn't, but, I mean, he's a friend, and that's not the way you want to beat a friend, right? And he's probably one of the better players in town. Well, it depends how good a friend he is. If he's a good friend, you would love to be in that way because you can rib him about it for the rest of his life. Yeah, that's how it works. Like, yeah, I mean, that's if, how it works if, in Kentucky. You need to call him Fumblefingers next time you see him. No, no, <laughs> it, it works the same thing up here in Montreal. Like, if you're having game night or anything right, like, if you're not putting your friendships on the line, you're not playing that game right. <laughs> Yet jokes about his mother, fiancé, wife, and sister should be coming every five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I beat a Naya aggro deck in the next round, which was pretty scary when he went uh, second turn, Strangle guys, third turn, Rancor, Rancor. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, then I, I managed to find a Thrag Tusk before he killed me. That card's pretty good, I hear. Thrag Tusk? Thrag Tusk no. or Rancor? Thrag Tusk. It's all right. How about a Thrag Tusk Enchanted with a Rancor? Mm. No, I prefer... That was the game where I went turn three Desecration Demon. It was game game two of that match. It was turn three Desecration Demon after a Far Seek. Turn four Desecration Demon. Turn five Reaper from the Abyss. Just just brutal. Uh, Garrick was really good for me all day in the deck. I used all of his abilities except the Overrun. He did pretty much everything I needed him to do. Uh, Liliana of the Dark Realms was insanely good. Her minus three is so powerful when you're keeping creatures off the board, especially when most of your creatures fly. I never got to do it, but my main hope was to put it on Grizzlebrand. Grizzlebrand! Grizzlebrand! Have you had your Grizzlebrand today? I have not. Oh, I found an Essence Harvest. It was something I used. It was a card I used for proxies. <laughs> <laughs> that card won me so many games. And the, the gaining of the life is pretty important, too. Even if you just have a Thrag Tusk out, that's another five life you gain off it. Yeah, against uh, Demir Zombies, I went turn four, uh, Faithbender. Actually, okay. Technically, I went turn one, uh, Faithless Suiting, discard two on Burial Rites. Then I went turn four Faith Manager. Then I went turn five Thrag Tusk, and my opponent killed Thrag Tusk. <laughs> so I paid four mana and brought it back with an Umbrero, right? And she's like, "My God, that's so good." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. If if only there was another creature you could have killed instead." <laughs> and the next turn, she did it again. <laughs> Dope. I'm like, I pointed out to you the first time where your mistake was. I'm not doing it again. So this transitions perfectly into what Travis has been doing. Faith mending? Yeah, you've been doing some disgusting things online, haven't you, Travis? You're a bad boy. So I've been very naughty. Is faith mending him going to church to mend his faith? No. Although, yeah, that, that happens on occasion, too. <laughs> faith mending is when I gain 300 life in a game and make my, compo- my uh, control opponent try to win by decking me. <laughs> if only Felidar Sovereign was legal. Or Test of Endurance. I'd settle for either. I would, too. Hey, maybe one of those would fit into the next set. <laughs> well, we do have Sarah Avatar. So tell us about this deck. Is there any black in the deck? Yes, there is. Is there enough black in the deck to support Gerard? 
Uh, I, yes. I mean, I, I read enough black sources to do that, but um, the only black cards I have main are um, I have a couple of Deathrite Shaman, a couple of Rope Decay, some Grizzly Salvage, and Underworld Connections, which is really good at fighting control. You need to ship me this list. Uh, actually, we should probably put it in the show notes because it sounds awesome. So I presume Thrag Tusk, Rock's Faith, Mender, Centaur, Healer? Yep. And then, uh, uh, nope, I stop at five. I have uh, Acidic Slime, which apparently people have forgotten all about. Uh, Restoration Angel and Acidic Slime still hurt quite a, quite a lot of decks. Yeah, see, that yeah. was another card that I thought they were playing that was illegal, but it turns out it's actually an M13. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, Acidic Slime makes those detention spheres not nearly as scary. That's true. What else have, is is there uh, any tokening in, going on? Uh, nope. Uh, Near Hearth Pilgrim to get me some early life games, some Rancors, and Oblivion Rings, and a Garuk Primal Hunter. Hmm. And no Sarah Avatar. She's in the sideboard. Uh, she was in the main in an earlier version of the deck, and it is very, very, very funny to play Sarah Avatar at seventy life, and your opponent go, "Okay, I'm just going to chump block it for twenty turns," so you equip it with Rancor the next turn. See, I just want to do Sarah Avatar Essence Harvest now. Near Hearth Pilgrim enchanting Sarah or uh, soul bonding with Sarah Avatar is also awesome because she just doubles every time she attacks. Oh, can we give her a double strike? Hey, we're in white. Oh, can we pair her with Silverblade Paladin and no, then we can't give her a lifelink as well. You know what's going to happen if you do that, right, Chris? What? You're going to get her killed to an avenging hero. <laughs> it's funny because actually when I blew out the guy with cackling counterpart on the drug skull captain I thought Will should be here because he would expect that to be done to me not by me <laughs> I was the one blowing people out with janky cards I believe and it. it was awesome <laughs> but no what, more likely than avenging arrow is zealous conscripts I haven't seen conscripts played that much lately me neither and it's crazy with all the planeswalkers that are around right now, I'm flipping Olivia. Like, how do or you Angel not play Serenity? Or I mean, I, maybe it's just because Red's kind of weak. Unless it's in, in a well, no, I mean, I guess Jund is getting played a lot. Yeah, exactly. Jund could easily play conscripts. Hey, I'm I mean, I I want to play that rug deck that we brewed up with uh, with the Gilded Lotus combo in it and Dead Eye Navigator because blinking Acidic Slime, Thrag Tusk, and Zealous Conscripts was good before rotation. It's still good now. Oh, yeah, I saw someone... You have Chromatic Lantern to fix your manta. Right? Yeah, see, I saw someone uh, untapped with 12 mana in play, and a Deadeye Navigator paired with a... or soul-bonded with a Thrag Tusk. GG. Yeah, his, his, opponent, his opponent didn't scoop, though, which is kind of odd. I think I probably would. Oh, his opponent's like, <laughs> I have an answer to this. And I was like, I don't understand. I, like, I can't possibly fathom what it is. Oh, random aside, speaking of answers... I was playtesting eggs against one of the, the mini ninjas at the shop. Sure. Because they, they wanted to see how eggs was played by someone who knows how to play it. Okay, so then you pass it to one of the better players in the room? No, I'm probably the only person in town who well. knows how to play eggs properly. Anyway, so he was playing Red, White, Blue, Delva. And uh, I had Disciple of the Vault in hand. So I started to go off. And he's sitting there with one white open. So I thought, okay, this is where I show it to him. So I cast Disciple of the Vault, and I sack an artifact. He goes, in response, path to exile on your Disciple. I'm like, okay, in response, continue going off. And then I killed him after two second sunrises and a face reward, all in response to his path to exile. Yeah, that's just dirty. <laughs> Did you at least buy him a drink afterwards? 
no. flowers or something for the for the uh, abuse that you gave it. him. That's what abuser would say. He loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, now that's not polite. Well, he did ask I, for did, it, right? I did finally get to live the dream of having all four faith menders and play at the same time this week, a couple times. <laughs> all four of them, and then casting Thrag Tusk is a lot of life. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Mind you, if you get all four into play and you don't get them severed or detention sphered, uh, you're probably going to win that game anyway. Pretty much. So you love that deck, I presume. It still isn't great against control. I mean, it can put up a fight now with the black added, but um, I just kept running into zombies in the practice room, so I said, screw it, I'll just crush zombies, and it still destroys zombies. I would imagine it does. It actually does better with them now with Deathrite Shaman. So we're not the only ones who played Magic this weekend, though. I believe, Adina, you were at a fairly large Magic tournament. I was in Philadelphia, and in fact, I'm still in Philadelphia because no one is leaving Philadelphia. There's a big hurricane or something. I don't know. So what, <laughs> what you're saying is that the TV show was a lie? The TV show. Yeah. Yeah, it's not sunny in Philadelphia right now. It's <laughs> the opposite of sunny. It's always sandy in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, see what he did there? That yeah, was well done. Yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, Dina sounds very happy about this. It's not that amusing to me right now because I'm stuck here. But anyway, yeah, I, I played a lot of Magic this weekend. On Friday, I went to the grind. I, they had grinders during the day, so I did grinders. And uh, in between, I went to the judge conference, which was pretty awesome, of course. And uh, so I, I played three different sealed events. First. First sealed event, I open up a Vraska, which, of course, I don't get to keep because you have to pass your pool in competitive events. So I ship off the Vraska, and there's a Jace in my pool that I receive. So I was like, okay, well, I, I don't feel too bad about that. Then I shipped off something good. I got something better. I like this. Second tournament, I opened another Vraska. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, um, that time I got a pool with like a Rakdos Revenge and a Desecration Demon and Stab Wound. I don't know, some good stuff. So I was I was pretty happy that I had gotten a good pool. Um, and then the third one, I, I didn't open Nebraska. I don't remember what I played that one. Um, and then the next day at the GP, I opened my pool. And guess what's in it? Uh, Jace. Vraska? Yes, Vraska. You're right. There was a Vraska in the pool that I shipped off. Uh, so, yeah, it's just, it's been pretty crazy, and I would have a place at a Vraska's, except that you don't get to keep the pool that you open. Well, you could have just walked off. I could have, yeah, but, but you know, the tournament cost. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was there to play, and I certainly wasn't going to walk out of the GP with, you know, a $20 card when I had paid $40 to play in the event, you know, I wanted to play. Though, admittedly, and, you know, not to pile on or anything, had you decided to pick up your pool and leave at that very moment, you would no longer be in Philadelphia. Well, no, I would still be in Philadelphia because my flight was on Monday, and all the flights on Monday were canceled. So if I had picked up my pool and left, I still would have been in Philadelphia for two more days before my flight, which still would have been canceled. Yeah, so. could just unlike Tom Martell, who apparently got a limo. Just no, like, we just got a rental car. Oh, was it? Yeah. Wow, that's slightly more disappointing. Well, no, because yeah. when they were when they were doing coverage, they were like, "Yeah, Tom Martell booked a limo for like him and LSV and some of the other Channel Fireball guys to just you know leave." 
I was like, wow, I guess you can drive out of Philadelphia in a limo or have someone drive you out of Philadelphia in a limo. We'll just all hop in a car and uh, head over to Pittsburgh and take a plane from there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so unfortunately that was not my fate. Uh, but I did play, and so then the next day I played on Sunday, I played in the TCG uh, Platinum Sealed event that they had that morning. Um, so I basically played, like, five different sealed tournaments in the last three, in you know, three days. So. And you once again opened Nebraska. I, what did I open? No, I opened a collective blessing. That's what I opened. I opened Your pool a, looked nuts. I was going to say, yeah, the pool that I received actually was nuts. So, you know, when I opened up the pool, I had a collective blessing and a lot of really good, I was like, whoever gets this pool is building green-white because there was just ridiculousness. They had the um, the V2 Gazi, is that the one, is that the yeah. Guild Mage in Selesnia? Yeah, there was the Selesnian Guild Mage as well as collective blessing and just a bunch of other stuff that made very economical Selesnian creatures that could just be huge with the collective blessing. Um, but yeah, my pool yesterday was just insane. I had three stab wounds. I had a Rakdos Revenge. Um, I, I also had really strong blue white cards. I had a Detention Sphere, Cyclonic Rift. Um, and, uh, the guy that when he attacks, he detains two creatures. Um, and then I had, I had good green cards. I had, like, I really had good cards in just about every color. Um, but what I learned from playing the GP is that in Return to Ravnica Sealed, a lot of times games tend to stall out. And there's a huge stalemate thing where everybody has a bunch of people on the ground because there's, there's so many three threes and there's so many two fours or two fives that you just get into these creature stalls, which oddly enough is very much what Mike Flores said the last time he was on our cast about how it's just going to be stall, 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 wait for somebody to get, you know, a big X spell so they can deal a lot of damage to you and break the stalemate. And that was exactly what I experienced. I, I, in the GP, I had two different rounds that went to draw. Every single round that I played went to almost, went either two time or almost time. Like the, the earliest I got out of a round was like three minutes before the end of the round. So yeah, it just, it took a long time. My, uh, my GP deck was actually an is it deck that I was playing with Mercurial Chemister. And pretty much if I got the chemistry out and got it going, I won the game. And if not, then it was just like a huge stall and eventually they wore me down. Um, but yeah, the, the, the problem with that deck was by the time I finally stabilized the board and was in a position to start attacking, I couldn't attack because I was down to like five or seven life. And if I attacked, I wouldn't have any blockers. And if they had any tricks, I was screwed. So I, I pretty much just had to play defense and wait until I could use the chemistry to just pick off all their creatures. And then once I had picked off their creatures, then I could start attacking. But I just I couldn't safely attack if they had any creatures because my life was too low. So so that was that was a very frustrating experience for me. But I played all nine rounds and uh you know, with them all going to time, I didn't really have any breaks during the day at all. So I feel like I got a lot of practice playing a lot of Magic. When I played the the seven-round tournament yesterday, I was just like, oh, it's over already? We're already in the last round? Oh, wow. Okay, cool. And all of my all of my rounds were over in, like, 10, 12 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it was – the reactive deck was really fast. I either won fast or didn't get the cards I needed and lost fast. But either way, it was over fast. Did you play anybody famous? I did not. 
sad times. Yeah, well, you know, I didn't get paired with Yuya Watanabe. Um, he was actually in my – they split us. There were so many people. There were um, 1,983 people um, that played in the GP. So for efficiency, they split it into two different tournaments so that there was the blue and the yellow, and half the people were in the blue area and half the people were in the yellow area. So you only went to one side for like for your pairings, yeah. and all the tables were on one side. So yeah, I've done that before. Oh, you have? Okay, good. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't sure. I hadn't been in a tournament like that before, so I wasn't sure how that would work. But it, it definitely made it much more efficient as far as you know organization. Um, I'm not sure if it it meant that there were fewer or le- or if there were more or fewer people that wound up uh, in this in the day two. Like, I don't know if it reduced the amount of people it made day two or if it increased the amount of people. It seems to me mathematically it shouldn't have made a difference, um, but I don't, I don't know that. Maybe you know that, Chris? Well, they cut to top 128 or everyone with 7-2 and two record or better. Okay. Whichever is higher. Okay. So the more people that there are, the more people are going to make day two. Right. Regardless of whether or not you split it into two tournaments, you're still going to have Correct. the same amount of people that are... Okay. That's kind of what I thought, so... Yeah, it's just easier for administrative things, and that like a, they did a GP Montreal, even though they really didn't need to. But it allows you, like, if one half is done before the other, you're not holding up the whole tournament because of a few slower players. Yes, which is what I experienced at, or at least was experienced at uh, GP Toronto uh, 2010 when it was Scars Block Sealed. The tournament, I think it was the Sorn and uh, Elspeth halves, and the Elspeth half which I was in was practically a round slower than the Soren half. Okay, like, ours wasn't like that, because ours was definitely all on the same timer. So as okay. far as the, the time of the round, that was just solid with everybody. But, I mean, as far as where, you know, all the people that were huddled around, you know, looking at the pairings and everything, that was a lot easier, because half of them were over on the other side, and half of them were on our side. Okay. Well, like, our uh, ours had started out the same way as well, but there was some major delay for, like, a match or something or some ruling on our side. So they kind of said, okay, well, the other side can kind of go ahead, which uh-huh. also kind of made it easier because then that way you had, say, not everyone was going towards the tournament board at the same time. It was yeah, that definitely would have been helpful. Like, there's a, there's essentially, like, say, one side of the tournament kind of, like, flowed in and then sat down and the other side of the tournament went after. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see sense. how that would be very efficient, you know, and that would be helpful. Okay, did you meet anybody new, anybody famous, or did you talk to anybody or anything? Um, I got to meet your friend Charlotte Sable, who is on uh, Judge Cast North, and uh, really, really awesome hanging out with Charlotte, who wanted me to come on uh, Judge Cast North with you guys. Oh, did she? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, since you haven't really, you know, been encouraging me to do that. <laughs> I haven't been encouraging I, anyone to do I, it. It's Charlotte's show. I was gonna, oh, it's, oh, okay, because I was going to say, did, did she go behind your back and say, oh, well, too bad, you know, I'm going to, I didn't realize it was, that she was in charge, so if she's yeah. in charge, then that, that makes it even cooler. So, yeah, so hopefully uh, if you guys are recording at a time when I'm not working, and I can join you. So it right. be cool. Yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of the pros. They were all there. Um, so, you know, just in passing, some of them remembered me from Worlds, and I said, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, that's about it. Um, I didn't really have much time, obviously, to talk to anyone since I was playing 
solid the yeah. whole time. But cool. sure, yeah. awesome. So you might not be able to answer this too well, then, uh, Adina, if you've been concentrating on sealed for the past little while. But how do we think uh, standard has settled down now? I mean, we've had a few weeks since rotation. We've seen a few major tournaments. What uh, what are you looking at as the the pillars of the format right now? I just I feel like the format is still wide open. Um, there's just so many different strategies, and there isn't really one that kind of beats everything down. Like we don't have a solid like Delver type of deck that it's like everyone's playing it or everyone's playing something to beat it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are still playing zombies, but there's so many other good strategies out there. I mean, that that's just kind of been my experience with it. I feel like there's there's a lot going on in Standard. Well, what's the best deck in Standard right now? Uh, clearly, it's Reanimator because it made me a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want yeah, base not I mean, on there's the so much, but there's so much not on the small sample size that is your curb stomping of noobs. <laughs> well, considering half the decks in the room weren't actually legal decks. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I, I give you. I, I, I want to talk about um, just some really cool tech that happened actually against me in the, um, the the tournament yesterday, the TCG Platinum. So I'm playing this guy, and I've I've only got one blocker, and of course it's an unleash thing, and I don't unleash him because I need him to be able to block, or I'm dead. And uh, so. Before he swings, he decides to scavenge onto my creature, and I'm like, wait, what? And I had to reread it because I thought scavenge was only a creature that you control, but it's not. It says target creature, not target creature you control, which Correct. there's so much stuff in this set, like especially with all the overload kind of stuff, almost all of the beneficial effects you can only do to yourself and almost all of the detrimental effects you can only do to your opponent. So so there's not as much of that, you know, target creature or target player where you can choose who gets to do it. Um, but, yeah, so he, of course, scavenged onto my creature, and I no longer had a blocker, and so swing for the win. That was, that was some pretty cool tech that I hadn't really seen done. I'm sure people have done it and people have thought of it, but... Uh, that was the first game I had played in where that happened against me. Yeah. That does suck when you're playing Rakdos. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. To answer your so question, though, I don't really think there's the best deck in the format. Like, yeah? I'm, I mean, I'm quite comfortable playing Reanimator, as there's not very many awful matchups for it. Like, obviously, if they can get, if you're playing against, say, a white aggro deck, whether it's Selesnia or just Mono White. Uh, like a fast start is obviously can be pretty tough to come back from, but even because uh, I hadn't played Deathrite Shaman before, and it was the first time I played it this past weekend, and Deathrite Shaman is just a, can be a beating against the Planeswalker decks because, as innocuous yep. as it seems, they actually have to do something about it. Did you see uh, the um, deck text from SCG this weekend? I didn't get a chance to, yeah. Okay, because they had some serious technical problems with their live coverage. Okay. And so they just did lots of video deck techs. One of the deck techs they did was with a guy playing Curses. <laughs> okay, so Witchbane Orb tech in the sideboard? <laughs> Actually, I play Witchbane Orb in my sideboard anyway, because it's really good against zombies. All right. But this guy, he, he, watching the deck tech, I thought, okay, well, this could be interesting. You know, Curse of Bloodletting and Curse of Thirst is obviously the kill, Probably four Curse of Death's Hold, because that's like the best one. Oh, I'm playing one Curse of Death's Hold as a filler, because you need a certain number of curses. 
I'm like, right, turn you off. You obviously know nothing. So how did he do in the tournament? I think he won three rounds. Uh, I was hoping you were going to say he took it down. I was like, yeah. Yeah, he won, a, won it all. <laughs> oh, God. Curse of Death Hold is a filler. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, it doesn't really, like, kill anything. Like, against my deck, right? Like, it makes my Angel Serenity a 4-6. Uh, 4-5. I mean, that's kind of all right, but not really. <laughs> yeah, but it also kills your mana dogs if you're playing that version. It would be very good against the green-white deck that won Star City this weekend. Yeah, that deck is pretty scarily fast, huh? Yep. But I agree with Adina, or uh, maybe Adina and Will, that the format's still being figured out. I mean, no one saw green-white humans winning this weekend, and... Sure enough, it did. I like Green White Humans mainly because it plays... Is that the one that plays Mayor of Averbrook? Yep. Yeah, I only have 11 of those, so I really hope that list takes off. So has Wizards released a statement yet saying that the fact that they decided to change their uh, their policy for publishing uh, MTGO decks is <laughs> the reason why the format is so healthy? I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that, though. <laughs> but no, I think um, I think the format is very healthy. I mean, you've got the green-white aggro, you've got blue-white aggro, you've got Jund, Reanimator, there's a couple of control decks, there's a few mid-range decks, there's even some combo on the fringes of being really good. This is a very powerful and fun format. I would agree. Even if people do complain that Thragtus makes games last too long. Yeah, I'm not on the band Thragtus wagon. No, neither am I. It's only five life. Get over it. And it's only, it's a five drop. Unless you have a favorite. It's not like it's Delver. Yeah. If they play a five drop and you lose the game because they played the five drop, then, you know, that's how it should be. You shouldn't lose a game because they play a one drop. Well, if they, if they play a five drop, you can't answer. Exactly. Yes. Right, but, like, pretty much every deck has, you know, ways to remove Thrag Tusk. I mean, obviously, the black decks have a slightly bigger advantage between Sever the Bloodline and uh, Slaughter Games. Yeah. Which, by and the way... Appetite for Brains. Sever the Bloodline is really good. Oh, my God. People just don't play that card anywhere near enough. And it is so cheap right now. Sever the Bloodline is the reason I haven't built a constructed pack rat desk deck. Y- yes, yeah. It's a $1.99. A $1.99 for Sever the Bloodline. Huh, I got my playset for a dollar. But still cheap for a rare... Well, you, you know, Chris, card through, foil. through all the things uh, things we've been talking about tonight, whether Will was talking about his experience or Dina was talking about hers, you keep bringing up black cards, either Liliana or uh, Sever the Bloodline or Curse of Deathhold. How long is it going to be before you just build mono black control? Come on. Oh, dear God, I think we should edit Travis out right now. It's not making any <laughs> sense. It, it's not going to happen because there are too many green cards I want to play. Next he's going to talk about right. roll Black green roll. control. Farseek helps Liliana. That's what I played on Sunday. Weren't you listening? <laughs> it didn't sound like you were playing black green control. <laughs> I guess it's more mid-rangey than anything else. I'm talking like turn four desecration demon, turn five mutilate so that it's the only thing left, start stomping face. Yeah, I, d- I actually did that. I, mean, you could pl- I didn't play Bramble Crush. I had a- Abrupt Decay in the board instead of Bramble Crush. I probably should have had both. I really like Bramble Crush right now. Yeah, I was playing Acidic Slime and it's kicking butt, so I could see that. Yeah, Bramble Crush does pretty much the same thing, just for one less mana. It just doesn't leave you the 2-2 death touch. This is true, 
Yes. It also can't be countered by Essence Scatter, which is starting to see some play. Ah, Cavern of Souls. <laughs> if you name Ooze on your Cavern of Souls, I laugh. <laughs> I have. I mean, if you really want to get rid of something. Yes. I had an opponent try and name Planeswalker. Was I told? Did I tell you about <laughs> the, the, the guy who tried to name Germ and then cast Batiscal? Was this one of the oh, opponents who was playing, like, uh, cards from 15 sets ago? <laughs> no, this was before rotation for me. I don't know about Will. I mean, people at Will still play whatever they oh, want, apparently. Oh, this was this weekend. He named Planeswalker, and I was like, not, it's the same guy who tried to syncopate my slaughter games twice. Uh, I was just like, yeah. yeah, that's not actually a legal creature type. And he, like, shows me Jason Hand, and he's like, it says Planeswalker. I was like... Okay, I'd let you get away with saying Jace, but not Planeswalker. And secondly, you have, like, 13 other lands in play. I don't know why we're having this debate. And second, <laughs> I also don't know why it's in your deck. I didn't see one creature... Oh, no, sorry. He has a sna- he has Snapcaster Mages in his deck. That was the one creature. I had a War Priest of Thune out of the board, which was very sketchy. Well, it is legal, at least. <laughs> yeah, it's legal, but, like... What was it? He, like, killed an Oblivion Ring, and he's like, and for Game 3, and I was like, you have a War Priest of Thune? He's like, yeah, I sided in against Oblivion Ring. I was like, against Reanimator. That's your strategy. <laughs> but it worked, didn't it? <laughs> uh, actually, it didn't, because he played the War Priest of Thune. Guys, I, uh, he Terminus, and I paid, uh, 7 life off my Gristle Brand, just to, because I, I know he didn't have any direct damage spells. So he put me to one, and then he played it, but the only, like, target in play was Oblivion Ring, so he's like, I'll destroy that. So I was like, okay, I guess he doesn't know it's a May. So then Jace came in, but he already had a Jace on board. So he just killed oh his Jaces without activating his Jace first. Oh, dear Lord. I was just like, okay. And then, of course, off the seven cards I drew, I drew three Thrag Tusks, so I just played them. And I was like, Where are you Go. playing, Will? I mean, are you going to preschools and nursery? Yeah. If I were you, I would just stop bragging about this event right now, because the more you talk, the less impressive yeah, you seem like a much worse player. Okay. I mean, you didn't even go 5-0. Okay. <laughs> One, for starters, it's not bragging. I was talking about how my opponent was playing War Priest of Thune. And two, I said I'm never going back to that store again after they gave me a standing ovation. So calm down. I can feel my intelligence lowering as you mention these decks more and more. So anyway, I want to throw out a challenge to our listeners. Last week, I made the shocking suggestion that Extended is not that bad and possibly should come back. I want our listeners to come up with the most broken decks you can manage in Extended. Send us some Extended deck lists. I want Extended to be a thing again. Bring back Extended. And all of you people out there who hate it and think it's terrible and boring and just double standard, give me your deck lists. My my idea sounded much better than yours. This is not the only time we're going to challenge our listeners. Fine. Are you going to talk to Gavin Verhey about this then? No, he's overextended. Oh, maybe now he's overextended. (laughs) That's funny. Well, now you guys can start underextended. I don't know. I think uh, I think extended is good. I think it's a fun format. People who are upset at having to buy new standard cards every two years might get some value out of the occasional extended to- uh, format tournament where they can go and play their old cards that they don't really want to get rid of or stop playing yet. I don't think it's something that you want to play every week, 
But I think for people who either can't afford modern or who don't want to play against mono jund and also want to change from standard every now and then, I think it's perfectly fine. It used to be terrible when it was dominated by oppressive decks, but I think the format with the sets that are in it right now is open enough that it would be fun. How far back does it go now? It's, four, it's the last four blocks. So it'd be right? Zendikar, Scars, Innistrad, and Return to Ravnica. So, so he's building a format that has specialized in shocklands. Yes. What? Say that again? I said you're suggesting a format that has fetchlands and shocklands. It does. Well, only half the shocklands. In Valakut, right? Valakut is legal. Okay, I, I just, I don't think Zendikar is legal and extended right now. It's the last four blocks. Yeah, shards. No, shards was before Zendikar. Oh, it was? Oh, I thought you yes. said Zendikar, shards, scars no. of Mirrodin, and Innistrad, and I was going to say, well, no, because now we have Return to Ravnica, so it's Ravnica Although, and Innistrad. Actually, you know what? We should make underextended. What's going to be? It's going to be Shards, Zendikar, Innistrad, and Return to Ravnica. I think that sounds like a good format. No, it doesn't. Also, my <laughs> disdain for mono artifact blocks does not show at all. <laughs> hey, you, can, so, yeah. you, you do that, I'll be playing modern with the cool kids. No, I'm not saying modern is a bad format. He's saying it's an awful format. I'm saying that extended is not as bad as everybody thinks it is, and it's worth giving it a try. So if, if everybody thinks that the only decks worth playing in extended would be Valakut and Delva, send me your lists. Or better yet, show me how creative you can be. Send me some other lists. See what you can do with the cards that are around. I think there's a ton of fun to be had. With that said, let's move on to... Wait, this would, oh. this would be Valakut with, like, Ranger's Path and Farseek and Shocklands and... Yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> And Cavern of Souls to make sure your prime time resolve. Travis, go build it. No. Well then, I hush. feel dirty just thinking about it. Hush, child. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to a random moment of geekery. Adina, go. I I feel like I haven't really done anything this week except for play magic, so I'm not sure. Uh... Where, where to go with my random moment of geekery this week. Um, maybe come back to me. I'll think about it for a few minutes. Actually, I have an idea. While Travis and I are going through ours, what you can do is you can find some geeky object around you, run outside to where the hurricane is, throw it at it, and see what happens. <laughs> and then come back and tell us. Well, well, the thing about the hurricane is that right now what we're getting is rain. So it's basically the same as like when it's just raining. And, um, so we'll, we'll, well, give okay. extra, so, we'll, get, so, we'll give you an extra five minutes to find the hurricane then. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I don't really want to, want to wander off too far. Uh, but you know, they're saying that because of the amount of rain that we're getting, the streets probably won't be safe and that it's really windy and everything. And it's funny because they were talking about how the winds are going to be, you know, 40, 50 miles an hour and there could be gusts up to like 60, 70 miles an hour. You know, talking about this, like, this is strong wind. I'm just like, you know, I've been at the top of the tram trying to ski down the mountain when it's been much windy, you know, when it's been at least that windy, like 30, 40 mile an hour. That's like normal winds up on the top of the mountain. So it's actually, it was, it's especially fun when you're skiing and the wind is so strong that you're not really going downhill. Right. Yeah, it's like blowing you back up the hill or, or it's <laughs> blowing, like when it's snowing and it's that windy and the snow is just whipping around you so much that you can't tell if you're going across the mountain or down the mountain and you start to get vertigo 
yeah, I've I've been in the bowl in those conditions. So I just kind of feel like when they're saying, oh, it's going to be 30-mile-an-hour winds, I'm like, yeah, whoop-de-doo. So what, 30 miles, really? That's the problem. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's still pretty windy. I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's been pleasant to be out in the wind when it's like that, but, yeah, we're, we're used to it in Wyoming. Right on. Well, your moment of geekery, sir. Yes. So I have a love of, and I'm sending you a link now, I have a love of things that are Monty Python related. Mostly John Cleese as well, uh, between Monty Python and Faulty Towers. I always have a good time watching it. And there's this lady who made a clock of the Ministry of Silly Walks, which is... I need it. <laughs> which is essentially uh, John Cleese's character, and it has the legs, which are the, well, in this case, arms of the clock. Unfortunately, she made one for herself and no one else, which makes me very sad because I want one. Although she did post the instructions on how to make one yourself, which probably is going to be what I'm going to be doing the next time I have some spare time. <laughs> Just to be able to say, hey, Lansdell, look, I have a silly walk clock, walks clock, and you don't. Yeah, that would cause insane jealousy. <laughs> Unfortunately, this weekend, uh, there's a PTQ and a Teams trio hosted by Face Face Games uh, in Montreal, and then the week after, there's another PTQ, so I need to find some time in between to do this. <laughs> so you're going to be busy? Uh, slightly. I'm running a GPT, that's about it. Uh, Travis, your moment of geekery? My moment of geekery is a, an image of the horrible atrocities that are committed to anyone who is unwise enough to leave their car unlocked in Canada. <laughs> I'm looking at this now, and yeah, that's just terrible. I mean, I know. I mean, the 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 pure, unadulterated evil that the Canadian people possess is just mind-boggling. <laughs> you you all are just a blight on society. How Wait, dare when, you, when Will? Did, Wait a minute. When did Wyoming secede into Canada? Because I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not Canadian. Well, I was talking to Chris and Will. Oh, well, you said you all, and so, you know, I, I didn't well, realize I'm, I was I'm over on, on your side of the not being you all. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a pretty occurrent uh, crime around here. Yeah, well, anyway, that's not really geekery, but we'll give you a pass, because you make Faith Mender decks. I rock Faith Mender decks. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> my My moment of geekery is a play on the... Well, not a play, but it's similar to the Power Rangers hoodie that Will showed us last week. Or might have been the week before. I don't know. They all run into one for me sometimes. It was last week. It's a Tanuki hoodie, complete with tail and tufted ears. You know, you're if not you, getting wearing that, though. <laughs> any tail. Any tail. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what a Tanuki is, Google is your friend. But to save you the time, in Super Mario Brothers 3, quite easily the greatest video game ever created, Mario could find a little raccoon suit that let him fly, but also let him turn into a statue for a few seconds, making him basically invulnerable, including while he was standing on spikes. Of course, as soon as he stopped being a statue, he'd die. But you could stand on the spikes for a couple of seconds. 
which was sometimes useful if there was a star about to drop on you. You could be like, ah, turn into a statue, then the star would drop, and you'd be like, dan, 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 dan. But anyway, this hoodie uh, is a tanuki suit. It doesn't turn you into a statue, but it does make you look awesome. What? I do have one extra one. Um, apparently, a squirrel uh, was frolicking, frolicking freely in some gentleman's yard and uh, got its head stuck in one of his Halloween decorations. So this picture is mind-numbingly terrifying. Pure nightmare fuel if you were to see this running around your yard. And it is proof that squirrels could fit in Golgari. <laughs> I hope you sent that to Mara. I already did, yes. Actually, speaking of moment of the geekery, though, uh, this morning, driving into work, uh, Gangnam Style Ghostbusters mashup was playing on the radio. There is no escape. I, w- I was like, this is fantastic. Because... Like, it came on, and I was just like, all right, this is fine. But I was just kind of, like, channel surfing. But then I was like, wait a second, I hear a Ghostbusters theme underneath. Could it possibly be? <laughs> and sure enough, it was. Now, admittedly, the radio host, after finished playing, was like, yeah, this is, like, brand new, and we just were the first ones to discover it, which was like, uh, no, that's not true, but I'll let it pass because you played it on the radio. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm pretty sure so we were the- talking about that on our podcast, sir. What was it I saw the other day, or today rather, somebody saying that what if Gangnam Style is a huge rain dance and and we brought this all on ourselves? Yeah, it's the Keanu Reeves meme. Yeah. I also saw somebody say that we should just rename the Hurricane A-Rod, then it wouldn't hit anything. (laughs) 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 Or we could just name it Romo and have it intercepted off the coast. (laughs) Uh, You know, I thought you didn't appreciate football. Uh, it's fun. I love one football. Of football teams. I love football. That's I just one of don't the ones that I love egg. to see lose. No. So yeah, I'm I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, Which, by the way, how about them Eagles? Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> you know, it's funny during the tournament the other day. I I step up, you know, to my opponent, and my opponent is wearing an Eagles jersey, and I'm carrying my little Eagles bag, and I've got an Eagles T-shirt on. I walk up to the table, and he's like. So we're already losing. <laughs> like, like I'm just like, it took me a second for him to realize he was talking about the Eagles and not like talking about losing the match for Magic. And I was just like, we're losing. I was like, oh, the Eagles. Are- <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. But yeah, and and there was yeah, there's, it's it's been great being in Philadelphia, being an Eagles fan. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, yeah, we we did not have a very good week this week. Aww. Although, apparently, Vic managed to make it through the entire game without Without, turning over the ball. Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) They still got crushed, but yeah. It was a fluke. It will not happen again. I was going to say, like, this time we can't really blame the loss on our offense handing the ball to the other team. Actually, speaking of football. You know, just poor playing on the part of our defense. Speaking of football, I have a bone to pick with Travis. What's up with uh, people not wanting the Oregon Ducks to play in the uh, BCS championship game with those sweet unis? I don't think it's so much that they don't want them to as much as they want Notre Dame to play instead. I mean, because we're pretty sure that if Alabama wins out, they've got it locked up. They'll be be there. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. Warning, we have reached the limit of sports ball talk on our podcast. Sports ball. Since when is there a limit? I'm I'm confused. Uh, Nobody cares about hand egg. They don't listen to us to hear about hand egg. 
This this could be a moment of geekery. Sports are still geekery. Yeah, I'm a big sports geek. Which, by the way, if uh, Travis's tide ever loses, this is going to be the entire moment of geekery segment for me. <laughs> Stay tuned, Travis. It's coming. All right, so let's do some shout-outs. Adina? Uh, shout-out to Charlotte for being awesome. Uh, shout-out to my friends who are so graciously letting me stay at their house for, you know, all this time and then for extra time since my plane was canceled. Um, and uh, shout-out to Martinet, of course, here in Philadelphia, Philadelphia's premier Internet uh, provider and uh, also provider of our website. And uh, shout-out to Card Kitty, of course. Um, shout-out to uh, Steve Prescott for uh, creating awesome art and uh, signing my cards and my playmat and everything. And, uh, yeah, shout-out to everybody that uh, braved the storm and came to Philadelphia, all the all – 2,000, almost 2,000 people that were here. And, I mean, if you count all the judges that were there, there were definitely more than 2,000 people in the hall. So just, yeah, shout-out to everybody that, that was at GP Philadelphia, and especially shout-out to all the judges, you know, without you guys. And, you know, it just wouldn't be possible without awesome judges. So shout-out to all judges everywhere. Cool. Uh, Travis, shout-outs? Uh, shout-outs to my usual crew, my local card store, uh, Kirk, and Jacob and Billy, and then shout out to my friends Joe and Carlos and Benford, and that's about it this week. Short and sweet. To the point. I'm direct. Yeah, that's it. Uh, well, shout outs. Uh, shout out to Face Face Games, who's having their first PTQ ever, and not only do you get well a plane ticket to Montreal, which suppose is supposed to be. <laughs> I, I I think Wizard says that it's a two hundred fifty dollar travel expenditure voucher or something which because a plane ticket to Montreal is very useless when you're in Montreal although you could fly from one airport to the other but that's besides the point and then uh, who they're also hosting the team trios after and a shout out to the uh, $6 uh, t-shirt website because I got a Planet Express t-shirt and a classically trained t-shirt and a community uh, Greendale community t-shirt college that came in so they're pretty cool. I'm happy with them. Yeah, I'm still very angry that Adina introduced me to T-Shirt Roundup. I can check it every day, and every day um, my wallet shrinks. <laughs> There's a great one on there now about uh, a mashup of Doctor Who and Howard and the Purple Crayon, or Harold with the Purple Crayon. Well, you know, on the flip side, you'll never have to do laundry. That is true. Yes, just buy infinite T-Shirts. I want to give another shout-out to T-Shirt Roundup. Just because I want to see how if they really do listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, you done your shout outs there, Will? Uh, t-shirts that I got, face to face games. Um, shout out to the card store that you know let me win. I do appreciate winning every now and then. It does slightly boost my confidence, even if it doesn't count. seriously no one's really considering that an actual victory like that's pretty much on par with going like 2-2 at a regular FNM maybe 3-2 I'm telling you you need to frame your story that you went to this store where they were loose cannons they were playing with cards out of the format powered up and you somehow managed to take it down with just a standard deck yeah what are these FNMs that you speak of that have five rounds the three and I said 2-2 uh, my FMs are four rounds. Well, actually, oh, it depends. Oh, okay. 
It, well, it depends, like, because there's standard ones there, too, too. If not, there's, like, uh, Face has, uh, what I normally do on Friday nights is I go to Face, because they have two drafts that are ten bucks a piece. So. Yeah, they're soft, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've gotten <laughs> softer. Well, I went there and 3 owed one of them, with a mill deck. Well, you also had, like, the nuts cards, because people were like, oh, these aren't real cards. You can have all of them, Chris Lanzadell. <laughs> and what happened? Well, you won because they're not real cards, and people were like, what? That doesn't They seem work. to be real enough to win a draft. Well, you had, like, 18 Dreadwaters in one deck. Of course you're going to win a draft. <laughs> two, two Dreadwaters in the deck. Uh, it's close enough. <laughs> anyway, my shout-outs. Uh, shout-out to Jack LaCroix. We are having a debate over the state of the magic community that's going to be held probably on a Google Hangout. It's going to be moderated. We're going to have people calling in with questions to the debaters. It's going to be absolutely hilarious. Jack and I are basically going to be tearing each other new ones under a thin veil of politeness. Oh, yes. Speaking of which, I need to interrupt you. Uh, To my very small Twitter army followers, uh, try and get me to be moderator for this. (laughs) No, you're biased. Uh, And not not. for me, either. Hey, I'm not biased. (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) I think we have somebody in mind. No, Um, you can't use Scotty Mac. Did I say Scotty Mac? Yeah, you were going to. No, I wasn't. Will, maybe we should narrate it. Yeah, that's what I think we should do. We should do color commentary. That's what we can totally do. We'll have... You have a stream, right? So we'll have their uh, hangout playing on on your stream, and we'll do commentary for it. Anyway, moving on along. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Matty Studios. He's a pretty cool dude, got to say. Shout-out to all my new followers who have apparently decided that this was a really good week to start following me. I don't know when that happened. Uh, and shout-out to Invisible Stalker, because anybody who was watching me tweet this week would have seen why. Well, can you tell us why? Well, the Wizards Magic account said, send us a picture of you in your Halloween magic Halloween costume. So I sent them just a white screen and said, this is me as a blue two-drop from Innistrad. Any guesses? Ah, cool. Oh, actually, if we're doing that, uh, a shout-out to at uh, Toreen Mahler. I have a new Twitter follower, so. (laughs) Thank you. It's such a rare occurrence for Will. That's actually a Twitter follower who was at the judge conference in Philadelphia. Well, hey, hey, hey. It's also, like, he's landmark Twitter Twitter follower number 50. So, you know. Uh Yeah, he's been following me for a while. I'm just not going to say anything. Um, but, yeah, I want to thank uh, everybody who listens. We really do appreciate it. We would be just talking to ourselves if you guys didn't listen to us every week. Which is what Chris does when he's not casting with us. Yes, I do, <laughs> and I'm quite proud of it. It stops me from going insaner. Insaner? Uh, yes. <laughs> At least he knows it. Yes, yeah, sure. And a shout-out to Vader, who's uh, not clawing me to death right now for a change. And that's about it. So, on that note, let's wrap this baby up. For Adina, for Travis, for Will, this is Chris saying join us again next time for another exciting episode of Horde of Notion. Hellrider. Shit,